0: Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. We will be spoiling the current episode we're talking about, plus previous episodes that we have already discussed on the podcast, but we will be spoiler free for details of later episodes. Looking very 007 whenever I wear a
1: tuxedo, I'm Jason. And possessing the emotional maturity of a blueberry scone, I'm Harrison. Uh, Jason, please tell me what episode are we watching today?
0: Well, Harrison, get your uh, boutonniere and corsage ready to go because we are watching season three, episode twenty, "The Prom." This is the one where they're hellhounds the and uh, and uh, we're at first we're really sad. And crying because of all stuff that Buffy and Angel related, but then at the end, we get to cry because we're
1: happy. <laughs> but also kind of sad still. The AKA <laughs> how I feel watching Joss Whedon. Um, I'm either sad or happy with a little bit of sad. Um, the prom was written by Marty Knoxon and directed by David Solomon, and originally aired on May 11th, 1999. Uh, oh, I almost just like dro- dove right in, uh, but I forgot we have like traditions and shit. Um, <laughs> Jason, what are you drinking? Harrison,
0: since since, uh, since we're starting to get into the fall season, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen like at least twenty different memes today of like people saying, "Oh, I'm gonna decorate my house with Halloween decorations." Like it's September first. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I decided to, uh, pour myself a West
1: 6 October Oh, Fest. that sounds really nice. Yeah, I've had this before. It's pretty tasty, but I have not had it on the show. I, I think I mentioned on another episode that I actually am of the opinion that Halloween starts on August 1st, uh, but the spirit of Halloween lives with us year-round. So, uh. <laughs> I can't help but think when you say Halloween starts August 1st that you mean fall. No, I mean Halloween.
0: Y- okay you do realize that halloween is like just one day correct
1: halloween is a state of being (laughs) listen i love motherfucking halloween I, i know what are you drinking harrison i am drinking um a white wine uh out of uh the class i mentioned so uh so listeners this is news to you but not to jason uh this is actually our second attempt at recording this episode because we lost the first one uh well we lost my vocals on the first one we still have all of jason (laughs) yeah so it could be like that one time we
0: accidentally uploaded a uh like just my vocals so we could do that again (laughs) we could do that
1: again (laughs) um but when we recorded it last time, I also had a white glass of white wine, but I had found this glass uh, way tucked in the back of our our cabinet that's probably been there since we've lived in this house, which has been almost four years. And um, it's like a really nice white wine glass. Um, and it has like, I, I'm like really particular about wine glasses. And um, I don't like most of the wine glasses that I own because they're just kind of shitty. Um, and they're, like, really lightweight. And I like a wine glass with some heft. Something I can defend myself with or attack someone with, you know, if I need to. And this this wine glass is providing that. Uh, and I love it.
0: Yeah, just, like, I'm picturing you with, like, that glass full of wine and uh, a turkey leg like, and be like,
1: Bring me wenches! <laughs>
0: Bring me jesters!
1: Famously, I love wenches. Meal before your king! I do i do love people kneeling before me and calling me a king or a queen either way i'm good you you have to be some form of royalty i well i am uh mm-hmm. i am uh, uh god king of this podcast and uh you are my faithful consort is that the word we want to go with yeah all right <laughs> who might have question the god king <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah you were really you were really okay with God King but then you were like wait consort okay <laughs> I'm
0: nobody's consort <laughs> God damn it um but
1: uh yeah uh, would you like to lead us in a toast I would be delighted um so uh cheers uh cheers to Buffy and Buffy's perfect high school moment yep Oh yeah, I love that. I love mm. Oktoberfest
0: so much. Yeah. Like Sam Adams Oktoberfest is probably my favorite. I try to like buy a lot of that when it's available mm. so then I can have it as long like <laughs> deep in, deep into the winter. Yeah. Um, no, it's Oktoberfest. Yeah. But, yeah, this was the first year that I ever bought a West 6 Oktoberfest and it was and it's fantastic. So yeah. West I 6 recommend
1: is just like I feel like I've had some West 6 on here before. Um, For listeners who don't know, West 6 is um, local to Kentucky. It's uh, out of Lexington. And um, it's... Their beer is really good. And they also... They're very, like, community-minded. We went on a... Or actually, Jason didn't go on this with us. But we were... um, We were... uh, A bunch of our, like, friend group went on their tour. And their... uh, it's just like a really, really cool brewery and they are really big on like giving back to the community as well. And their beer is good and they're very generous with the samples on the tour. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. They've got, they've
0: got a, they've got the cocoa porter, they've got yeah. the amber ale, they've got um
1: Belgian wheat. Like it,
0: it's, it's all really good.
1: Yeah. I don't know that I've ever had a beer of theirs that I didn't like unless it was like a type of beer i don't really like like that's really yeah. the only time that i think I um
0: i think their most popular one is the west six ipa and yeah, that, that one that you can find that one you can find at almost any bar in louisville yeah um so hey yeah. if you're if you're from out of town and you're visiting louisville pick yourself up a west six ipa mm-hmm. um although i don't know if the bars are currently open right now so they're like open-ish i think yeah yeah <laughs> Um, but anyway um we open up with uh buffy waking up with some severe bed head and the the said bed is angel's bed she actually she actually spent the night um with angel at the mansion uh they fell asleep after patrol Mm -hmm. and uh yeah um they so they're doing this thing that i'm actually a big fan of um A lot of people assume that when you talk about physical intimacy, it just kind of refers to sex. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, obviously, they can't really have sex. So, um, you know, with the whole, like, soul getting lost and everything. It's Uh, such an
1: inconvenience. (laughs) (laughs) It is, like, a real bummer.
0: (laughs) But um, they do, uh, I I like the idea of tactile intimacy, So, like, Mm. you don't have to be having sex with somebody. You can, like, just kind of be sleeping next to somebody and, like, be Mm -hmm. touching them and, like, kind of have their body heat with yours and everything like that. It's, it's, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of cuddling and I'm a fan of that. And uh, I like that they're trying to make that, uh, they're trying to make that work. Um, It's, that's what they can
1: do. It's probably one of the most intimate things we've ever seen out of this couple, um you know everything is usually between the two of them high stakes and high drama um and uh and passion um there's so much passion in this relationship we don't get a lot of these really quiet uh really intimate moments with them Um, oh yeah it's just like everything slowed down
0: for just a little bit i mean even when they had sex back in season two it was right after the judge
1: almost killed buffy yeah so it was yeah yeah. um i totally agree with your assessment on like touching and like like cuddling and um but it, it was funny though i just when you said like the the body heat i was i had just a moment though where i was like that is nice but there are some times and i'm just saying you know this is me coming out of a you know i'm in uh coming up on year four of my marriage and we've been together for almost nine years there are times though when you're just like oh my god you are sweltering get the fuck away from me <laughs> <laughs> like, like we we yeah call you know five
0: minutes we're done now <laughs> you know it's always interesting like uh, i know john doesn't want you to get into like the specifics <laughs> of your all's uh relationship that much but um it's kind of interesting because uh the girls that i have had this uh intimacy with they um they typically uh they typically are very cold and they like having me there Mm. as kind of like this like (laughs) living living heating pad (laughs) but um yeah i wonder what that would be like with two guys because like i'm i'm
1: guessing like it (laughs) gets fairly sweltering in there. Um I mean, I try my best. Um, <laughs> um John and I both tend to run kind of hot. So, um and it depends. Like in the winter, you know. Oh, it's probably like, perfect in the it's winter. It's colder, you're going to, you know, you you tend to, but like in the summer, especially our house because it's an older house. Um and we do we have air conditioning, but it's not like it's I mean, it's a big old like Victorian basically. Um, so you, you, you do have to kind of go along with what the weather, uh, is, is prescribing for you. So, um, there's a lot less, uh, there's, there's fewer, uh, there's cuddling, but it, it, it doesn't last as long in the summer. It's like, okay, we're going to be intimate for a little bit and then, okay, we're done now. Yeah. <laughs> and it, that's okay. it's like, like, it's, it's not... like
0: my boy Neil Diamond says, uh, hand touching hand, warm touching warm reaching out touching me touching you
1: All right Caroline
0: sweet Caroline bah, bah,
1: bah. I love going to white people weddings and <laughs> like when the the bah, bah, bah happens and like everyone gets so into it I am a fan of that.
0: I do not like when people do like right after fall is like "Good times never seem so good." And then everybody yells "So good, so good!" <laughs> not a fan of that, but I'm totally down with the "bump bump bump." Maybe because I've been doing that since I heard that song on the radio as a kid. I mean, it's it's good. It's a good song. Yeah.
1: Um. So <laughs> this, uh, they they wake up and uh, they have a discussion uh about kind of having some Buffy having a drawer. It, it, it's brought up specifically because Angel doesn't have any mirrors. Um, and Buffy wants to check on her hair and, uh, that just kind of snowballs into this conversation about maybe I should have a drawer. Uh, maybe we can come back here after the prom. Um, yeah,
0: she's very much kind of, uh, because at this point she's decided to stay at Sunnydale, um, mm-hmm. go to UC Sunnydale and keep up her slayer duties Uh, but she also, like, is kind of planning out, like, oh, well, maybe now I'll have, like, I'll be able to spend more time with Angel. I mean, hell, she might have even thought, like, maybe go to the dorms the first year and then, like, start living with Angel later on. So she's planning out that future. Yeah. And Angel... Is
1: uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I also... I do want to, uh, question Angel's, uh... Choice of bedroom placement. Um, all it takes is a is a Buffy opening this one blackout curtain, and he is nearly fried. Um. Well, I mean,
0: he just he kind of just assumes that nobody's going to come in there, so.
1: Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. nobody it, it, did come it, in there. If you catch my. Oh. Uh... <laughs> Um, yeah, for someone who can't be around sunlight, he does like to live in a mansion that has a lot of fucking windows.
0: I mean, he can't really. It's not like there's
1: prime real estate available just to squat in. True, that's true. Although it does beg the question: Why is there an entire fucking mansion that's available to squat in? Um, but it's fine. <laughs> Great it's if, like one time,
0: like a, it's, if it's a historic mansion, then like. A group like of grade schoolers. In. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, here we have or a historical like, Sunnydale mansion. By...
1: <laughs> or it's, like, owned by someone who just doesn't live there, who decides to, like, sell it, and one day, like, a realtor comes by and is like, what the fuck? Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: well, they won't, they won't have to worry about
1: it for long. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, before we talk about Anya... Uh, Do you have any other things to say about this this scene? No, I feel like I've already spent quite a bit of podcast
0: time talking about (laughs) this like one short like four or five minute
1: scene. Yeah, deep Um, dive. So Anya, Anya, so happy Anya, Anya. Um, guys, I love Anya. She's the best. Uh, and this is really where, you know, in her first two appearances, she's more of a um, plot device, monster of the week sort of character. And uh, and we get some hints to her, her characterization in Doppelgang Land. But this is the episode where she really kind of, I think, comes into her own. Um, yeah, this is very much um,
0: the Anya that we will be seeing going forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, she does get to grow... But uh this is kinda like um her baseline. the constant like yeah, not not really um not really adjusting well to mortal life. <laughs> She's just she sees it more as like just an inconvenience.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so Anya uh kinda ambushes Xander in the school on the school uh courtyard, and she goes on a a, a bit of a rant about she doesn't have her powers and it's bullshit. And when she gets her powers back, like all men shall shall suffer under my under my reign. And then she's like, <laughs> Will you like, go to also, prom? I me? don't have a date for the prom. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I actually I really love uh, our Buffy Wiki, I think, quote of the week. Both of them are dateless and desperate, so he says yes. <laughs> I mean, that is true. Xander
0: really doesn't have any prospects. No. Um, He's too busy getting in his Jack Kerouac form. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. God, I'm still angry about that. (laughs)
1: um, Anya says to him, men are evil. Will you go with me? (laughs) And... But he he does acquiesce, and... um, it's it's just a really funny scene. Um
0: Yeah. Um it, Yeah, it's it's really great and also kind of adorable. <laughs> just Anya like Anya you can tell that Anya wants to go to prom even though she doesn't want yeah. to be a part
1: of it. <laughs> yeah, I love this um, um this yeah, this kind of dichotomy we get from her of like I have all these feelings, I don't know why. But I'm stuck with them, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
0: um, Yeah, and so Xander lets Oz, Willow, and Buffy in on the fact that he's going to be taking Anya to prom, and uh, everybody's kind of like... Um, obviously, Oz and Willow are going together, and uh, Buffy is assuming
1: that she's going with Angel, so... Mm. Yeah, She says, um, some of us are going with demons, and I think that's a valid lifestyle choice. Very progressive of you, Buffy. (laughs) Um. Yeah. I
0: mean, she has no room to talk if she wants to give Xander crap about taking a demon to prom.
1: Right, yeah. Also,
0: this is Sunnydale. I'm pretty sure they aren't the only ones that are
1: doing it. Um, yeah, right. Also, um, I think we need to mention, uh, that this is, uh, now xander's uh her thir- third uh demon uh love interest oh
0: <laughs> uh, uh, praying mantis teacher and uh
1: the inca and, mummy girl oh yes the inca mummy girl yeah that's that's all we've got right i think that's i think that's it uh at yeah. this point um so, yeah, <laughs> just a fun little, uh, fun little through line for Xander there. But,
0: uh, little does Buffy know that her mom is actually visiting Angel at the mansion, which mm-hmm. nobody goes to. Uh, yep. And, uh, this scene is so good because mm-hmm. when you think about it, it's never a place that I thought we would ever see Joyce. Um, yeah no it's just like uh, you always associate joyce joyce... Doesn't
1: expect to see her there either
0: <laughs> yeah like uh, you always expect joyce to be like either in the summer's house maybe at school um so it's always weird to see her in a place yeah. that's like tied so intricately to the hellmouth demon part of the story yeah and um all the shit that's happened in that mansion including those chains
1: those chains you know what the um the third uh, location that I think of like Joyce being in when you were like listing locations the museum oh uh, uh, <laughs> no you are correct though but my my thought went to her jeep oh yes there's there's something about the fact that that about that jeep that I just find so <laughs> iconic to the show like It's legendary. It's, um, like, yeah, I just, I love the fact that Joyce has a Jeep. And maybe that's because I, uh, I spent a good chunk of my 20s driving a similar Jeep. I also had a Jeep Cherokee. Um, so maybe I just, maybe I was just finding some common ground with Joyce, but, uh. Which is never a bad thing because we love Joyce. Yeah, Um, so she clocks those chains, though, right away. Yeah. And, um. She's definitely and, uh, thinking, like, I could take those chains to the gallery for our <laughs> party. Taking mm-hmm. body shots to a whole new level. <laughs> um,
0: but uh, Joyce is there to... Um, and after the initial, like, awkwardness between her and Angel, Joyce is there to talk about Buffy's future. Mm-hmm. And um, she knows... She can see in Buffy that she sees Angel as her kind of be all end all. But at the same time, she also knows that like, she sees similar to what the mayor saw in last week's episode, that they really can't have a kind of future together. Yeah. Um, at least not a traditional one and not one that, um, Joyce is comfortable with them having. And in the end, not one that angels comfortable with them having, Mm um, um, and uh yeah, she kinda basically tells Angel all the things that he needs to hear. And the and it kind of confirms the stuff that you can tell has been brewing in him. Mm-hmm. And uh I love that like the um the way the Buffy Wiki puts this is says she tells him that he can't get in the way of her future, and if Buffy can't see that, he'll have to do something about it. Yeah. And um that's a that's a crazy thing about relationships because um Nobody. Nobody wants to get into a relationship and think about having to end it. Mm-hmm. Even though, hey, that happens. Yeah. Um, it's just like when you get to that point. Um, if you see, if you ever feel that you're, um, <laughs> if you ever feel that you're, uh, that this isn't working out, then. <laughs> you have to make that choice between ending it or staying with and trying to make like maybe not the greatest situation work. And that's always tough to do. It's, it's, it's always tough because, um, more
1: than more often than not, like somebody's heart is going to get broken. Mm -hmm. And And, uh, and I love Joyce's reasoning here. I mean, Joyce is, I think she's exactly right. And this is, um, you know, everything she's saying is, a lot of what the mayor said last week, but we're just, it, we're we're hearing it from a more sympathetic mouth this week. Um, but she also recognizes that, you know, Buffy's a kid. Buffy's not going to be able to see this clearly because she's looking through this from this lens of, um, uh, I don't. I don't necessarily want to say like na- uh, naivete, but it is. Uh, you know, it's used. No, I mean that's that's honestly the best word to use, I think, yeah. because
0: you know we we always get, and I've mentioned this before, we always get so wrapped up in the fact that Buffy's constantly saving the world that we forget that she's also a teenager. Yeah, and she, she goes through these teenage things, and a. Very popular thing for teenagers to do is once they get into a relationship, they think this is it. This is mm-hmm. this is going to be like I am set for life. This is like the love of my life. And we're going to get married and do all that stuff. Listen. Yes. Accurate. <laughs> hey, dude, uh, I'm not just I'm not trying to call you out specifically. I was more
1: calling myself. out there. <laughs> no, it, I mean, it's it is something a lot of people do. It's And that's just kind of that the that curse of youth i think of the um uh you have that uh that energy and that drive and that passion without any of the experience um you know there's a yeah. reason people say that youth is wasted on the young <laughs> um it's a bit of a cliche and i'm not saying you know young people listening i'm not saying go waste your youth like have a good time do fun things um but it's you know i look back on uh i get my like my like facebook on this day time hop thing and i'll see some post i made like 10 years ago when i was 18 and i'm like oh my god i thought that was like the smartest wisest (laughs) thing anyone's ever said (laughs) i don't know
0: what you're talking about i look back on my 10 year old posts i'm like wow i was hilarious i'm still (laughs) hilarious i'm the funniest person on this podcast oh damn okay well i mean it's okay
1: i've got funny and pretty and you've got um you Hmm. well hope there's not a mysterious disappearance (laughs) of your audio Uh (laughs) damn okay all right (laughs) Harsh I'm care. winning the podcast. Yay. <laughs> 30 points to Gryffindor. <laughs> uh, excuse me. I'm a Ravenclaw, sir. I don't care, but I'm also a Ravenclaw. So Then we po- both win. We Yay. Teamwork. <laughs> um, uh,
0: Where are we at? This isn't Harry Potter. This is we Buffy. We are in the library. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and Willow's describing this... Uh, this thing like what is her exact description of it
1: she's like it's uh it's kind of blue and it has these things coming off of the arms the ruffles yeah and giles walks in and goes oh a demon and buffy's (laughs) like a prom dress get your head out of the hell mouth (laughs) (laughs) um, yes um
0: and uh giles is very much um worrying about the Ascension. Um quick note, uh after uh this is kind of our second episode in three weeks that uh the mayor and Faith do not appear in. Mm-hmm. Um and I like this because it um it shows because this is the end of the this season marks the end of the high school years of Buffy um, not just a face yeah. for Buffy, but a face for the show. And these two episodes together, along with the season finale, um, kind of uh, this and earshot kind of show like the different sides of Sunnydale High. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it like focuses on um, these characters that these supporting characters that were built up in earshot and then um, these themes of growing up, that have been uh, so uh, prevalent throughout the series, and it kind of brings them to a uh, to a really nice, uh I wouldn't say total conclusion, but definitely like the like the end of the first part. Like I consider this the end of the first part of Buffy, and uh, yeah, I like that these two episodes uh, do that. And I mean, we know that the ascension is going to be something huge, so it's really nice to get this little break. Of the prom mm-hmm. um giles doesn't think so giles yeah. is like giles is basically saying like we need to focus on the ascension because um the pages that willow ripped out of the books of ascension has determined that mayor wilkins is going to transform into a demon they don't know what kind of demon he's going to turn into it could be thousand one of any any one of thousands of different species and uh they don't really have too much information
1: this is you know really the the um the clearest description we've gotten so far about what the ascension is it's it's been hinted at um and we've gotten allusions to it but this is the first time that they say okay this is what will happen and i really
0: and i really like that i really like that it's kind of this uh this threat that we don't know what the magnitude of it is going to be and yeah i'm not gonna lie the first time I watched the season finale of season three, I was like, whoa, I was yeah. not expecting that.
1: Yeah. It's so, really good. And it's really smart to thread, this, um, to thread this in here, because um, it takes away, um, you know, we get this exposition here, so we don't have to worry about it too much. Next week, when we're getting into the first part of the finale, um, we can really just hit the ground running. Uh, because yeah. we already have this this really vital piece of information um and threading it in here uh works really well for this episode too because it you know it does we have the lower stakes of the prom but it's still high stakes emotionally for our characters but mm-hmm. also this reminder of the high stakes of the plot that are taking a bit of a backseat um but we still can't forget about it
0: Yes, it's very smart writing. Uh, good job, Marty. Good job, um, Marty. Though I'm sure, though I'm sure, uh, Joss kind of, w- I'm sure Joss was kind of behind that, like yeah. weaving it in there. Oh, um, certainly. Just because you know he's oh, he's planning the overall story. Um, but hey, going back to prom, turns out both Giles and Wesley will be chaperoning because, oh of my course, God. they will. They. Uh. <laughs>
1: uh it's really i mean you know we just we need a way to get both of these characters into these prom scenes sure fine works for me if it means i get to see giles in a tuxedo fuck yeah
0: uh speaking of which um is cordelia in this scene as well because Uh, is this when she first starts creeping on wesley
1: no that's a little later um okay that's after that's after the the uh hellhound scene at the uh at 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 april April fools Fool's. yeah (laughs) um speaking of hellhounds we see a um
0: a small house and somebody has a hellhound we'll find out later it's just like this big old nasty dog looking freaky thing yeah and uh it's in a cage and it is being pissed off by a video we don't know what the video is but um it, it could be Donnie Darko because that movie sucks, <laughs> but I don't think it was out yet.
1: Um, I don't think so. Shall we go to church? Take me to church. Oh, I will, Jason. Uh, <laughs> Good luck. I haven't been to church in a while. <laughs> uh, I, I, I only go to church. I, I was at church recently, but that was uh, for my grandmother's funeral. Yeah. Um, that's I that, those are the only sort of occasions I go to church for. Um mm-hmm. uh, but I would also go to church if it was for Buffy and Angel's
0: wedding. Oh, oh yeah, oh you couldn't god. keep me out of that chapel.
1: They're getting married. Oh
0: my god. <laughs> oh, I'm my... not going to object at all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, so you get this scene uh that I I I think is pretty obviously a dream sequence from the get-go this i'd never had a moment where i was like oh yeah this is real um yeah it's
0: not like it's not like joyce was gonna be like oh you can't get in the way of buffy's future and then the first thing angel does is like fuck you joyce i'm gonna marry your daughter dude
1: though what if though like what if that was the trajectory that this episode took i, I i'd be pretty pissed actually because i think that that'd be such a bullshit uh, <laughs> That's like season three of fucking glee when rachel and finn were like we're gonna get married oh my god <laughs> um, but uh it, it's
0: a really cool dream sequence because um you have a uh, buffy and angel um and they're getting married and then they're doing the very slow walk out into walking out of the church walking down the aisle and um i guess since they're leaving it's walking up the aisle um But uh, then when they get out and walk into the sun, you expect like, oh, Buffy's or Angel's going to burst into flames, but it's actually Buffy that does it. And that's, that's horrifying to look at. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it was a nice little bait and switch there. And, uh, but yeah, Angel had this dream and
1: he wakes up from it. Yeah. I want to very briefly touch on this wedding dress because I think it's really, really, I think it's like, half really pretty um i like the top it's uh um just kind of like off the shoulder straps um it fits really well the like that shade of white like really complements uh sarah michelle keller's coloring um the bottom half i really like the volume of it but it's just like um i think it's tulle i looked this up the other day but i can't remember um it's like what tutus are made of and um i don't love that i i kind of wish the i you could keep the volume with that but cover it up with the same material which i'm gonna assume is silk uh that the the top half of the dress is um fun fact from the buffy
0: wiki yes. this uh wedding gown this wedding dress was designed by vera wang of wedding dress uh fame <laughs> um Farrah Wang would also eventually design Sarah Michelle Gellar's actual uh,
1: wedding dress, which she wore when she married Freddie Prince Jr. (laughs) Um, Which I looked up the first time we uh, we recorded this, and I was not a fan of the, uh, the original wedding dress, or the real wedding dress. It's got weird, like, frills on it that I didn't care for. Um... So so yeah, but this is this is just a really cool dream sequence, and uh, I agree with your your comments on this like bait and switch. Um, and uh, you made a comment the first time we recorded that I thought was really insightful that it kind of mirrors Buffy's dream sequence in um, surprise in surprise. Yeah, where um, it's Buffy's dream and Angel gets dusted by Drusilla, but in this dream sequence, it's Angel's dream and we see Buffy uh befall the same uh same sort of fate um, so you can
0: tell them. Um, you can tell that they both uh no matter what happens in this next scene they both uh, are very they both still care for each other mm-hmm. and would do anything for the other and yeah. that's kind of what leads us into this next scene okay where,
1: uh, <laughs> i'm gonna take a real quick drink of my wine
0: <laughs> <laughs> while you do that i'll get us into it um so Buffy and Angel are basically trying to find a vampire that I believe was a leftover from the last time they went on patrol, and, like uh, that. they, they're in a sewer, and, uh, so Buffy is, um, again, she's still under the impression that they're going to prom together, and so she's like, oh, well, what are you gonna wear? I mean, do you have a tux? of uh, and, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if angel actually did have a tux ready to go because i mean right. he dresses so well yeah
1: like, angel he, he's, absolutely he's const- has a tux
0: <laughs> he's constantly rocking the D&G. Um, d and g
1: um that's dolce and gabbana that's oh. dolce and gabbana for you straight people <laughs> <laughs> uh, well and apparently for this this gay i was like what the d and g uh, <laughs> uh what what the hell do you think it would be <laughs> i i had no clue i i i was Dolce
0: and gabbana mad. baby oh, okay. um but yeah and so um basically buffy's talking about prom and graduation and how she's like oh this is like this is great this is perfect and that's when angel is like hey we need to talk and he basically is telling Buffy all the stuff that both the mayor and Joyce were talking about but I really do like um that Angel does not say I had a talk with your mother yeah because that would have been that that would have been bad um he knows that like if if Buffy had known anything about Joyce going to Angel then she would have had just so much hate directed at Joyce for like mm-hmm. interfering in a relationship or whatever angel knows that and he's not going to like let that happen um and uh so buffy starts to get angry about all this and uh she gets angry to the point where the vampire does show up just pops out of nowhere buffy immediately stakes and she's like not now
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love a um and it's something we get pretty frequently on the show is like that really casual vampire staking of like it's like it, this is. It's more of like this is inconvenient. Like, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, we're developing our characters.
0: We don't have time for this shit. <laughs>
1: um. Uh, yeah. God. Because that's our uh, last the... kind of light moment in this scene.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's obviously been building up for a while, even even if you weren't aware that angel has the spinoff coming up, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, he says he can't give her all the things that she wants. Um, and I think one of my favorite lines is you deserve somebody who can take you into the light. Mm, and yeah, line. that, yeah. And I mean, he also says like, you need somebody who can like make love to you, who can like marry you and have kids. And Buffy's freaking out like, whoa, kids slow down
1: (laughs) i killed my goldfish all right so i have feelings about this line jason already has heard these feelings but i need to express them this is a very rude thing for buffy to say to angel bringing up killing goldfish when he still feels really shitty about what he did to willow's goldfish yeah i cannot abide it buffy (laughs)
0: I mean that's just another part of the curse. Like he he feels guilt for every
1: kill, including all those fish, all those goldfish. <laughs> um, uh, Willow, are you aware that your fish tank doesn't have any fish in it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but
0: uh, yeah, he he basically says that because of all this, he doesn't want to be with her. I mean, I mean, Buffy says. She keeps saying stuff like, "Oh, who are you to decide what I want?" Mm-hmm. And um, that is a fair point, mm-hmm. but it also for relationships kind of proves to work, point. Yeah, for relationships to work, <laughs> me being the relationship expert, <laughs> but um, the guru for relationships to work, you have to like both people have to be on a similar, if not the same, wavelength, um, and as much as Buffy wants this to be reality, if Angel doesn't want it to be reality, then it's not going to happen. And that's like, honestly, an important thing. Yeah. That's an important thing to remember about relationships in general. It's like, I mean, you (laughs) really going to like self project here, (laughs) but, um, you think like, Oh, this is going to be great. I really like this person. Um, I'm like being, i i think i'm like being really good towards them so relationships gonna work but i mean that's like being a very single-minded way to think about things as great as things may be from your perspective if somebody isn't picking up on that Mm -hmm. like then it's not gonna work like you can't like you can't be in complete control of a relationship, and if you are, that's an abusive relationship, and stop that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, like, a dom-sub thing, but, I mean, that's, that's, if that's agreed upon, if there's consent on both parts, you guys go for it. Uh, Uh, Yeah, that's a couple episodes ago. How do we keep getting back to that? Um,
1: It's all the chains. It's all the chains. Too many chains.
0: Chains and whips excite me. (laughs) Um, But, uh, so but yeah and then uh but yeah you have to a relationship is two or more people Mm -hmm. and it's not just the one person it's not just your viewpoint and that's that's a huge thing to realize just about dating and relationships and just overall Mm -hmm. um Buffy is heartbroken this is probably uh on my list of heartbreaking Buffy and Angel moments, this is number four. Oh. Uh, um, uh, and uh, she says, "How can I keep away from you?" And Angel says, "If they survive the ascension, then he's going to leave town." Yeah. And Ooh. yeah, it's, it's yeah. A lot. And so yeah, and so Buffy, of course, goes to her bestie Willow and you know, talks about you the could breakup. Have just
1: waited. To see if they die. <laughs> like... well, well, we'll get into that when the time comes. Uh... Um, so I wrote in my notes for this Buffy Willow scene. In all caps. Fuck my emotions with a chainsaw. Yep. Yeah. Man, oh. Yeah, and... I think this is the scene. I mean, the Angel Buffy scene is... It's brutal, it's beautiful, it's heartbreaking. But for me, I think this is the catharsis scene of it. Like, I am, as a viewer, I am watching the Buffy Angel scene more in shock, which I think is where we're, um, kind of where Buffy is. And then this scene, like, gives us an outlet to let those feelings out. um, As Buffy is letting those feelings out. And I will say... I also just like when I first (laughs) when I first watched this episode when I was 17, I had like recently been dumped by like my very first ever boyfriend and like was devastated by that. So like I was watching this being like I I know Buffy, I know how you feel because you're never gonna recover
0: from this. (laughs) (laughs) hey man like that just because you were young doesn't make your feelings any like invalid at all
1: no like but i did obviously recover from it and i don't think about that ever and i'm totally fine and i'm great jason i'm fine i'm great okay jason i'm fine i'm great you are about to celebrate your fourth wedding anniversary (laughs) and
0: you have a and you have a very loving very hot husband so I think you're the winner in all of this. Okay. Go!
1: <laughs> you know what?
0: I'm never going to say anything nice to you again. You will. Because you're the nice yeah. one.
1: Yeah, I wish you could return the favor every now and again. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. I do it when you least expect it. And it means more. Yeah,
0: that's right. What... It's true like when I get blindsided by a Harrison compliment, it's one of the best things ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah. Um so while Buffy is uh sad and heartbroken um at April Fools Xander sees Cordelia through the window and uh she's been, she's holding up that dress that she's been holding up for the past couple episodes. Yeah. And um I get that Xander does eventually do something nice in this episode, but he's literally going out of his way to go into the store to make fun of Cordelia even more. I'm like, yeah. God, what a fucking Chad. I yeah. swear.
1: Being a real dickhole. Um, <laughs> uh, he. Um basically he 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 makes fun of her because he he says like um i you know what's taking you so long to to pick a dress and uh she goes well you know i'm i'm considering things a little more carefully these days um and i don't want to dud like before i i love that even when she's depressed she's uh she's got the she's got the comeback she's got those claws um kitty's got but, claws yeah this illusion though that she's trying to create for herself is shattered when um one of the sales assistants comes up to her and uh basically tells her that like their boss whose name is mrs finkel <laughs> um is got it kind of got it out for her and that's i'm when... looking for harvey finkel and <laughs> a clean pair of pants <laughs> um Yeah, so this is when it all comes out. Um, It was kind of hinted at last week, but um, Cordelia confesses that uh, um, she works here because she's trying to buy a dress, and Xander's so... I actually really like how flummoxed he is. He's like, but... You have all the dresses, um, and, um, and she says, <laughs> "Like he I really, forgot about that line. That line's so funny. Like he really cannot wrap his head around this concept." Um, which, you know, in fairness, for t- everything he knows about her, yeah, that makes sense. Like, why? What do you yeah. mean you're trying to afford a dress? But she reveals that no, they have her family uh, has no money. Uh no house. Uh, they took all their stuff. She can't afford yeah. to go to any of the colleges she got into because and I quote, daddy made a little mistake on his taxes for the last 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> um Even when uh, delivering information about a devastating uh, tragedy in her personal life, she's still fucking funny. <laughs> oh yeah. <coughs> and three. uh Yeah, and Xander is, um, Xander
0: literally isn't sure what to say, and Cordelia's like, oh, well, now you can just go ahead and tell everyone, uh, make sure it packs enough punch, and as soon as she says that, then all of a sudden, one of the hellhounds just jumps through the window, which, uh, very good timing, I like that direction. Yeah, that's Um, good. And, uh, so, of course, like, Xander being who he is, he's the first person attacked by this beast. But um, it stops because then it sees a uh, guy wearing a tux and then just starts attacking him and killing him. I assume that, like, he dies.
1: It they, No one ever says that he's dead, but the way that everyone was reacting to, like, the video when they're watching it in the next scene, like, they're all like, hey, that guy's dead. That guy's dead. Um, yeah. So and the. Before-
0: uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and then, like, the Hellhound jumps out the window, and uh, we get a brief glimpse of somebody holding a remote control.
1: Yeah. Um, that's so, it. before we move on to the library, <laughs> I just want to talk about Cordelia real quick, because I've, um, uh, I've been alluding to this a lot, um, that we've seen Cordelia um, become particularly vicious in the wake of her and Xander's breakup. And the show attributes that largely to that breakup. Um, but I would imagine, um, we don't know exactly when this happened to her. Um, but, uh, I would, I would imagine that this also happened, um, maybe not around the exact same time, but this, uh, personal life thing happening to her, her family losing all of her, their money. Um, contributed to that kind of, uh, venom as well. Um, especially in that scene, uh, last week where, um, she is talking to, the, uh, there, she comes in with all the insults about the colleges that everyone's going to. Yeah. Um, particularly what she says to Buffy. Cause I think we agreed that like her and Xander trading barbs, whatever, that's what they do. What she says to Willow is kind of shitty, but Willow just kind of brushes it off because she doesn't care. But what she says to Buffy is really mean. And... And there have been some...
0: And, like, there have been, over the course of the last few weeks, there have mm-hmm. been some really,
1: really mean comments. Yeah. And... I think this is... I, th- we, I think it's... Because Cordelia's been going through it. Um, and the show has... Um... The show is, I think, unwisely decided to leave that as like a twist. Um and I think we I think we should have been because is a really important character. I think we should have been following this journey of her discovering this, keeping it a secret. Um I I think that was a missed opportunity there with with this storyline. Um I yeah. will say, however, I think this was um for Cordelia's continued growth as a character, I think this is one of the best decisions they ever made for her was having her family lose all their wealth. Um, yeah. Um, and, it, and it is and it is a little sad because... Uh,
0: oh, I can't actually talk about this because it's a bit of a spoiler. Um, <laughs> it, it is... It, it, let's just say it's kind of sad that um, after Cordelia was such a major part of the first part of this season... Mm-hmm. Um, it really did seem like she's
1: relegated to the background, even though she has this important story going on. Yeah. I mean, she Um, has an entire arc that's been going on that we didn't get to see. Um, mm -hmm. And I find that disappointing. And I I understand they were going for this, like, this reveal. But I think getting to see that arc is more, would have been more powerful, would have been uh, more um, I, I would have preferred it. And like oh to give charisma carpenter that material to get to work with would have like i would have yeah. loved to have seen that but that is not what happened this is what we have <laughs> so so uh
0: cordelia is able to get a video of the attack um get that surveillance video footage and uh the gang's watching it in the library um well almost the all the gang uh buffy's still kind of sitting in the back just kind of mm-hmm. sad cuz i mean yeah just been dumped. Yeah. Um, also, I Wesley, mean, the, she's probably uh, just yeah, like, whatever
1: ahead. I can deal with, whatever this is. Like I do this every day,
0: <laughs> but, uh, Wesley, um, Wesley's just saying like, Oh, what why were you in the store with Xander? And, uh, Cordelia was like, Cordelia just doesn't really know what to say. But Xander, I me is like, Oh, well, she's probably draining daddy's credit card mm-hmm. as normal. So, I think with like it's kind of um the Ch- Xander's done with being a chad for the episode. Yeah, now he's Yeah, he, he he had that one moment he and had now a chad he's moment, like
1: this is I think overall uh, without with that one exception in April Fools, I think this is a good Xander episode. It is. Um, this e- is- even
0: though like it's not a huge Xander episode, yeah. but uh but yeah, and so while they're going through it uh, cordelia yells like oh enhance <laughs> yes. and and xander's like it's a it's a regular vcr it can't do anything and cordelia points out that like um that the the hellhound immediately stopped attacking xander mm-hmm. as soon as it saw the guy in the tux and of course she it manages to make it an insult and look what xander's wearing and look what that guy's wearing <laughs> i love and, it and uh And uh, Oz says, like, oh, hey, can you pause it? And and Xander's just like, I told you all, this is a regular VCR. It doesn't... Oh, pause. (laughs) And that's when they're able to see... um, That's when they're able to see that guy uh, who's controlling the Hellhound on the tape. Mm -hmm. And Oz actually recognizes it as Tucker Wells
1: from his chemistry class. In fairness to Xander about the pause thing... Do you remember how shitty, like, the pause function on VCRs was? Yep. Like, you couldn't leave it paused for too long because it would either, like, destroy the tape or just eventually just kind of give up and start playing again.
0: Well, yeah, like, that was actually kind of part of, I believe, um when you pause something it's only meant to last for like a minute or two being paused and then it'll either stop or play again depending on what your vcr is
1: like you're not supposed to have something paused for a long time yeah Uh, for younger listeners a vcr is a um (laughs) it's a it's a sort of dvd player okay okay for younger listeners a dvd player is a sort of streaming service, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: man, um, yeah. Uh, VHSs—they don't seem like a long time ago because we grew up with them, but at the same time, you look at what we have now—how everything's practically digital and everything that isn't is like on Blu-ray or 4K and you're yeah. like
1: wow <laughs> i mean dvds were becoming like the thing in the early 2000s um so it's 20 years ago that dvds were becoming a thing so uh, i
0: still remember when we got a dvd player i still remember the first two dvds that we bought yeah we bought pearl harbor of course um the uh jerry brockheimer i, th- I think that's michael bay too uh, movie so. um and the princess diaries nice
1: Nice double feature. Yeah.
0: Um, so... Actually, I, I could do without watching Pearl Harbor again. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> as much as I love Ben Affleck, I don't need to watch Pearl Harbor it's again. kind of boring. But I
1: love The Princess Diaries. I am all about that. So, I don't remember our first DVD player, but I do remember my brother, uh, my older brother, like, saving up money from his job and buying a DVD player for himself, and I was really pissed about it that like we all st- like he got a DVD player, um, and we like still had to share. Um, <laughs> but I do remember my first uh, Blu-ray player, and the first Blu-ray I bought was Black Swan. Nice. Yeah. Um, I believe so. The first Blu-ray player I
0: bought was a PlayStation Three, <laughs> and uh, I remember I actually bought a couple of Blu-rays before the like on friday before saturday when i went to gamestop to buy the ps3 um i remember i bought i was at target and i bought the adventures of robin hood the one um that has a errol flynn Mm -hmm. and which that blu-ray is awesome by the way um and uh the dark knight because it was like 10 bucks on blu-ray nice and yeah Um, And I think I may have bought something else, but the only other ones I remember buying were the day that I bought the PS3 and I got um, uh, Terminator 1 and 2 on Blu-ray. Very nice, very nice. Love both those movies. Anyway, um, so yeah, so basically they figure out that Tucker Wells has this plan to, uh, he's trained these hellhounds after summoning them. To attack people wearing formal wear. So they realize, oh well, clearly it's gonna be aimed at the prom. Yeah. Willow, Xander, and Oz are like, oh man, now we gotta like take our take our clothes back and gotta skip the prom and Buffy's like, uh
1: no. And Buffy I love this them, moment. Um she says, I am going to give you all a nice, fun, normal evening if I have to kill every person on the planet to do it.
0: And I and I do love this scene because we've seen a uh, we've seen like the naivete of Buffy mm-hmm. and we've seen her heartbroken. So now like I love that you have this scene where she's just like dead set on at least giving happiness to mm-hmm. her friends, which is kind of like what makes a moment later in the episode so much better because that's all that Buffy does really. Yeah. She honestly very rarely puts her own happiness before helping other people.
1: Agreed. And that's a, that's a huge thing.
0: Yeah. Um, um,
1: so TV Line, uh, if anyone goes to the website TV Line, it's a TV news website. Um, they posted a list earlier this week of like the, they ranked like the 25 best Buffy characters. Um, and I was very delighted to see Buffy come in at number one because a lot of those lists sometimes like, put, like, Willow at number one, um, and, like, Buffy come, maybe will come in second, but, um, yeah, it is, like, kind of a common
0: thing for people to, like, diss Buffy, yeah, um, which I think is really unfair, and the supporting cast, minus Xander, is great, but, um, and a couple of other people who we haven't met yet, uh, but, um, but, no, like, uh, Buffy is a really good protagonist mm-hmm. for a TV show. And a lot of times the protagonist, since like the the onus of the story is on them, yeah. it can lead to the protagonist being like the least the least well done character because their like development is kind of like a requirement and you mm-hmm. get to have more fun with the supporting characters. I'm looking at you, how I met your mother. <laughs> Gave us one yes. of the worst protagonists in television history yes absolutely Um, uh but yeah uh, no uh, buffy's a great protagonist and yeah like
1: she she deserves that number one spot yeah Uh, i would check out that list uh beware of lots of spoilers though so uh but (laughs) yeah just look at the names (laughs) (laughs) um yeah if you see a character you don't recognize keep scrolling (laughs) like (laughs) but yeah um So Buffy's like, hey, everybody,
0: let's split up. Let's figure out what he's doing. Let's figure out what Tucker is, uh, like, what his exact plans are. Find him. Stop him. Um, She decides to go to uh, the Butcher because um, Giles mentions that hellhounds feast on brains. And she's Mm -hmm. like, okay, um, where would somebody get brains? Uh, Where would a high schooler get brains? And besides college uh it's the butcher so she uh and from the butcher from one of the employees there she finds out that a uh a young kid has been ordering uh cow brains uh yeah, yes has yeah has been ordering cow brains for some reason and uh gives the address to buffy unfortunately while she's there she also runs into angel picking up his uh pig's blood and um yeah this is like the, uh, this is, apart from Buffy and Angel being a very atypical couple, this is a very typical <laughs> post-breakup, uh, conversation, um, yeah, like, because Angel doesn't really know what's going on, like, he does not get to help out in this, and he, uh, he unfortunately, after making really good decisions throughout the episode, he does not do well in this scene, I don't think. He no. He says, like, oh, I still care for you. And Buffy doesn't want to hear that shit. Nope. Um, and uh, he sees that, like, she's trying, she's, like, working on something. And she's like, no, I got it. And he wants to help. He still cares about her. That's clearly evident. Mm-hmm. But, like, she just doesn't need that right now. And, like, she has her focused purpose. Yeah. And she can let her tall, insanely attractive ex-boyfriend
1: um, get in the way of that. Exactly. You gotta listen, girl. You gotta you gotta kill these hellhounds. Don't let this man get in the way. That's all I have to say.
0: And uh, Cordelia is leaving work, um, but and uh, her coworker says, "Oh, aren't you going to take your dress with you?" And she's like i didn't get enough i didn't get enough money to finish paying it off she's like well somebody did and uh she looks at um the receipt and clearly sees like the name that's on there and uh could it be and she has this little smile this little reluctant smile (laughs) um but uh yeah so then she um buffy gets back to the library uh she tells everybody all right i got the address." You guys, um, you guys, uh, all get ready. Go to prom. I got this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then she starts uh, stocking up on weapons. And Giles is like, well, I have to tell you that like an address isn't exactly like a completed mission or whatever. Which she doesn't really need to say because I mean she knows that <laughs> like she knows that she's still got stuff to do. Yeah. But um, Buffy, yeah, he's kind of wondering like why she's so. Focused on stopping the hellhounds. And that's when Buffy tells uh, him about Angel breaking up with her and then leaving town. And uh, and Giles... You want to talk about Giles in this Giles part? Giles
1: is the best. Giles says, well, I believe situations like this call for ice cream. Yeah. Oh my god. I... What? uh do you know what Hank would have said? You know what fucking Hank would have said? Hank wouldn't have Get said over anything it. because he's fucking absent. That's what Hank goddamn Summers would say. Not a fucking thing. Sorry. person. Uh, uh, were, uh, were you projecting something there? <laughs> I plead the fifth. Um, <laughs> Giles is so supportive. He is so kind. He is so Giles. He's... yeah. Uh, like, I mean,
0: just chalk up another another really
1: great Buffy Giles moment. You know that um, scene in Parks and Rec in the flu season episode where Leslie, despite being like delirious with the flu, like totally nails her speech, uh-huh. and Ben's like, "That was," and he gives all these metaphors, and then he finally realizes that like none of these metaphors are doing her justice. That was Leslie Nope. That's how I feel about Giles I, in this. Like that was no, Buffy and- Giles.
0: Another reason I really love that scene, he, yeah, he, he does a lot of um he's like that was Jordan, um that was Jordan in the NBA championship, uh that was uh that was like Jeter at the bottom of the ninth, um and he says that was Leslie Nope and I, I remember taking a picture of that moment
1: and uh I'm like I think this is the moment that he fell in love that he it's, started falling in love with Leslie. Absolutely. That is the moment Ben falls in love with Leslie that yeah it's i think it's when he says that was leslie nope oh yep, that's a great episode and i have to watch that later um so uh she
0: goes to the she goes to the uh, address where tucker is and uh she confronts him
1: and (laughs) tucker tucker's an incel what a
0: goddamn idiot
1: (laughs) (laughs) tucker is a fucking incel (laughs) he He grabs a lamp lamp. lamp. (laughs) he grabs a lamp
0: and tries to smash it on buffy's head and like it doesn't affect her at all she just kind of like shakes it off and then and she's like um she sees the hellhound in the cage she sees the tv um and on top
1: of it are a bunch of movies that are prom related Mm-hmm. um they and uh are, um oh I had it here and then I so they are Carrie prom night prom night four deliver us from evil uh pump up the volume pretty in pink and the club yeah what a what a movie marathon right there right um <laughs> but yeah. yeah
0: and that's how he's been like training these uh hellhounds to um to like attack people who are only wearing formal wear and uh but yeah like and it looks like Tucker's really stupid and Buffy's like oh i'm like tying you up so that you can't release these hellhounds so she's like going to like open this closet door and like throw him in there and then she sees three empty cages in that closet mm-hmm. and um got to give Tucker credit i
1: mean he did have a contingency yeah. i love this very very brief flashback that uh reveals Tucker's motives it's like five seconds long and it's just Tucker asking a girl, will you go to prom with me?" And she just goes, no And <laughs> that's that, that's that, literally his that, motivation that's entire motivation <laughs> And it's um it's both like funny and terrifying because uh, like it's funny because it's just it's so pathetic, but it's terrifying because it's it's that exact sort of, you know, alt right white boy bullshit that leads people to, you know, like fucking shoot up schools and shit. Yeah. Um. So, to, sorry to bring us down, but like it's, yeah. it's unfortunately realistic. Yeah, it's like
0: you gotta have thicker skin, man. Right. Um. But yeah. So Buffy, uh Buffy knows like there are three hellhounds on the loose. She gets to, um, she gets to the high school, she sees, like, the three of them, and they move so dopey, like, they're just kind of bounding up and down, it's like, it's clearly three people in costume. Well, and it's
1: like, it's, it's like the rejects from the Oz werewolf costume, like, yeah, um, Actually, no. I take that back. I think these look a little better than Oz's werewolf costume. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, oh, I had one more thing I wanted to say about uh, Tucker, real quick. Um, just it was just a bit of trivia. The actor who plays Tucker, Brad Kane, is the singing voice for Aladdin in the film Aladdin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the 1992 uh, yes. uh, uh, animated movie.
1: Yeah. 92 or 93 but i think 92 yeah um Um,
0: yeah and uh and so buffy uh it's really great because like buffy has like her uh mini crossbow or one-handed crossbow (sighs) and this one is a little more (laughs) it's a little little more reasonable yeah a little more practical to use (laughs) um she gets one of the demons and then like the other two start like chasing after her she's like that's right that's right But then they hear celebration by cool and the gang coming from the coming from like where the prom is. And so that is part of their training, so they start going towards that, and
1: Buffy's like, God, that song sucks. Listen, (laughs) say what you will about Tucker. And I think we've said what we will about Tucker, but (laughs) like he did a pretty good job of like (laughs) Yeah, you can't argue with his methods. (laughs) um
0: by <laughs> but uh yeah like uh buffy's able to uh get both of those uh hellhounds and um uh, the last one she uh is able to kill she kills like right when um a guy's coming out of the prom and uh I he's really just like trying to find guy. the <laughs> he's just trying to find the bathroom and he
1: sees uh buffy just like kill this thing and uh she's like oh down the hallway so this guy must not go to sunnydale he must be like there's some girl at the school who he's like an out of town date and he's like what the fuck is this prom and then later when in you know the very significant scene we're gonna get into later he's probably like what the fuck what is this school? What's going on? <laughs> I want this to know more she... about this guy. I want to know more about Hot Bathroom Guy. <laughs> What's his he story? Can have sp-
0: he can have a spinoff with Claudia, <laughs> Buffy's cousin. It's a district attorney. <laughs> district attorney. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. So meanwhile, while all of this is happening, um, the promise. Everybody's. Yeah, the prom's happening, and uh, Willow and uh, Oz are looking very cute together. Willow? Um,
1: I I decree Willow can be uh, uh, put on parole from jail for her dress. <laughs> it's very cute. Um, she's, uh, she's earned early parole. Uh, but she's, we're watching you, Willow. We're watching you. And we will send you back to fashion jail if you slip up again. <laughs> Uh, Yeah,
0: and uh, Anya, um, she looks great. Xander looks like Xander. But Anya is basically her only conversational point is just telling about all the different curses she's done on men uh, from their jilted lovers over, like, centuries. Love that journey for her. And and
1: Xander's like, oh my god. uh, Cordelia comes in looking... Oh my god! I I started to say this last week when we first saw the dress. I was gonna be like, "It looks so fucking hot," but then I was like, "Let's wait till she's wearing it." But, damn, like, yeah. I, and I feel like I'm constantly being like, Cordelia looks great, but this dress is gorgeous. She looks beautiful in it. Uh, Wesley's like, Moy-y-y-y-y-y.
0: yeah, yeah. That makes Wesley like even more. Um, even more awkward than he like than his default setting
1: right he goes full (laughs) looney tunes like yeah
0: and oh oh and we didn't mention before that like uh when um when cordelia found out that uh that wesley was going to be chaperoning at the prom she's like oh i bet you look pretty 007 in that tux and (laughs) and like uh and he wants to like go do like go searching with cordelia
1: and they're like they're trying to cover it up, but nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, well, because he's like, uh, perhaps, perhaps uh, I should team up with someone. And Buffy, without even break, like looking at him, just goes, "You can take Cordelia." <laughs> um, he's like, "Well, that
0: is your idea.
1: Yeah, you're the boss." <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, and so like uh, he goes up and says hi to her, and and um, we get this really nice moment when uh um xander spots uh wesley and cordelia's like wesley cordy how are you doing please tell me in very (laughs) very elaborate detail and um he says that uh and um and cordelia just says like thank you and uh, she doesn't say what for yeah
1: um but really yeah it's done really well because it's um he oh gosh because there is like a lead into it like i think he just tells her like The dress looks nice or something. And that's when she's like, yeah, she gives him like the really significant. Thank you. And they just, they have a moment and it's like, God damn it. And he he says, he says, it looks good on you. Yeah. More um, of this Xander. This is the Xander I like.
0: And I really, and I really do like this scene because, um, honestly, uh, Cordelia and Xander's whole story. It seems a little weird looking back on it. Yeah. Because, uh, just because of, like, the trajectory that it took. But I have to say that I'm very pleased with, uh, this ending. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's kind of, like, the perfect ending
1: for their story overall. Yeah, it's um, a really nice cap on that arc, I agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I like it. Um, but anyway, like, uh, Giles has been, uh, looking at the door, waiting for Buffy to come in. And right after Buffy kills the Hellhounds and drags them away she then pulls her dress out of her weapon bag and uh like uh takes the needle out of her hair so that um her hair can go down so she was always planning on going to prom which i like um she even had like her hair ready to go um but then uh but yeah and so she finally walks in and uh and she goes up to uh Zan- she goes up to Willow and Oz mm-hmm. and says like yep
1: everything's everything's good to go. Yeah. She asks uh, how's the prom going and Oz says he goes strangely affected. I got all <laughs> teared up when they played we are family. <laughs> 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 um I think Oh, I, Oz I just think you know I I had such a good time at my prom. You know, I think there's some a certain amount of cynicism around proms, and maybe some of that is a little well deserved. But I think if you go to your prom with the right attitude, and um, you know the right, ex- I guess expectations around it, it's so much fun. Like, um... yeah, it does.
0: It does. I believe prom gets a bad rap because people say like, oh, it's just just kind of empty, shallow sort of thing. Um, it has like a lot of the it has a lot of um, like connotations with like oh well after prom you got to get late or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it and it, it seems like people put and a, a lot of times high schoolers are given shit for putting significance on the prom. Yeah, but I don't think a prom is entirely insignificant. I I, I think it can be a really good time, and it's it, it is kind of a way to uh, cap off like just it's a nice little celebration
1: before graduation mm-hmm. um yeah yeah so. i i i enjoyed my prom yeah. uh, mm. do you mind yeah. if i tell my my prom story real quick jason go ahead um, your prom story is quite entertaining I, I i really love my prom story so um my prom way back uh uh picture it uh louisville kentucky 2010 um you could go to stores. You dig, could dig if you and, uh, will
0: a picture. <laughs>
1: Obama's America. Um, my uh my friend group and I, um we had been having some arguments about um not arguments, but it's kind of disagreements within our group about where we were gonna go for dinner before prom. Um because everywhere like everywhere's you know prom's expensive you have to buy the tickets and you have to buy rent a tux and buy a dress and all that it's just you're shelling out a lot of money and there you know we didn't want to shell out a lot of money for food as well and uh someone made a joke that we should go to Gaddyland, and then we thought about it and we were like fuck it let's go to Gattyland and we did um so i don't know how ubiquitous Gaddyland is but it's like a pizza buffet place like pizza and arcade it's like chucky e. i think that's only something that's in louisville believe yeah. it or not because
0: even like some of my friends from college uh who uh, were from northern kentucky they had no idea what i was talking about when i talked about mr gaddy's but like imagine like um imagine like chucky e. cheese but a little better. bit but uh <laughs> yeah but definitely better it's and it's like a buffet style mm-hmm. um but yeah and like it also has like the games uh the arcade the tickets and everything yeah. like that but yeah it's like i mean it's not the greatest pizza in the world but i mean it's also it's an enough. all-you-can-eat buffet so yeah. yeah it's good
1: enough for and um like the one uh the one near where i lived had like one of the dining rooms was also a movie theater and they were always playing nickelodeon in there so that was pretty fucking baller um but yeah we we looked it up and uh the the um they had like party rooms that were free like you didn't have to like pay anything extra you just had to reserve them um all you had to pay was for the food and then whatever you paid when you did the arcade games so uh, yeah so we went like fuck it that's what we're going to do we're going to go to gaddyland before the prom and um we got a party bus that I'm pretty sure these, uh, was owned by one of my rich friend's parents. Um, but uh, my prom date, her name is Madeline, um, she had this, she wore this, like, gorgeous like, silver mermaid gown that went all the way down to the floor but she was like, I'm not wearing that inside Gaddyland because it has a gross, sticky you know, child covered floor. <laughs> <laughs> So we did pictures at like one of our, one of someone's house. We got on the party bus. The party bus drove us to Gattyland. Everyone got off the bus except for her and one of the other girls. And she, they, uh, she changed into like a little black dress. We did Gattyland. We had so much fun. Uh, eventually we were like, we played our, like the arcade games for like an hour. And eventually we were like, okay, we actually need to like go to the, <laughs> go prom. To the prom. So uh, we went back to the bus Uh, she got on first with her friend who was helping her change she got back into her prom dress and then we all went uh and we went to prom and we had just such a fucking great time and there were like three holdouts in our group who were like we're not going to we're not going to gaddy land and they went to the macaroni grill and they got food poisoning so
0: wow i don't you didn't mention that last part the first time
1: we recorded it oh did i leave that detail out yeah, you did, did leave that out. <laughs> um and then afterwards we just spent the night at someone's house and like watched movies. I think we watched Blazing Saddles. Um and like uh like hung out all night and you know, drank. Um and uh just had like a really fucking fun time. Uh and then I think the next yeah. day I had some sort of like probably some sort of sad breakdown because I was like, I wish I could have gone with my ex-boyfriend. but <laughs> I'm gonna go watch Buffy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my prom story.
0: Yeah, prom's proms a really great experience um, if you can have it. Um, I do feel bad for like the kids that didn't get to have their prom this yeah. year. Um, I feel no sympathy for the kids that... For the parents that tried to throw a prom anyway, uh, um, that's bad. Yeah, prom's a fun experience, but it's not um, something that you should be like risking a pandemic for, right? Uh,
1: that Priorities, pissed, that y'all. Pissed me off so much. Um, you know
0: what? Let's let's <laughs> let's get rid of all of our negative emotions because now we have positive. this scene. Um, <sighs> so class awards are being given out. Xander and loses. Xander just class clown. <laughs> yeah which he's very upset about um like so fairness, much so just... that like <laughs> I was gonna okay. say so much he's so upset about it that Anya's like looking at him like, oh my god, what a what a bad person to be around. <laughs> uh,
1: I will say in fairness to uh to Xander, the guy who does win seems like he sucks like. <laughs> I don't know, man. Everybody was clapping. I feel like I feel like Xander
0: would have gotten zero applause if he yeah. <laughs> if 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 he would have he won, had... and then there would have been like a who. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been this really awkward silence. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then uh, so there's one award left, and uh, the guy who's been handing out awards actually hands this off to Jonathan, mm-hmm. and uh, meanwhile Buffy's like. She's kind of just there to hang out, and watch her friends have a good time, and she's at the punch bowl. And Jonathan uh, gets up to the microphone and he asks if Buffy Summers is here. And uh, a spotlight shines on her. Good, and, good on that spot op. Proud of yeah. you.
1: Yeah, or her. But, My yeah,
0: spotlight. Spotlights are very tough to operate. Yep. Yes, they are. I. Yeah, I am. I have nothing but admiration for people who do that for a living, like on Broadway and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, Like, you have to be fucking
1: on it. It is, yeah.
0: But yeah, and then Jonathan says that there is a new award that they're giving out um, because it's the first time they've ever given out this award and there were a lot of write-ins for it. And uh, so he says that Sunnydale High is not a normal school. There are weird <laughs> things that happen all the time, and a lot of times when the weird stuff happens, Buffy is there to save people from them. Yeah, and uh, people like shout out hyenas, um, <laughs> zombies, and one guy Snyder! yells Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, and they said, and, uh, Jonathan said, Jonathan, like, opened it up with, we're not friends, we don't know each other really well, but that doesn't mean that we haven't noticed you. Which is a really and, interesting,
1: uh, inverse of what, kind of what Buffy tells him in Earshot. Um, yeah. And the, you know, it's, it's disappointing that the, uh, the significance of Jonathan giving her this award is lot, was lost on people when this first aired because of shot getting pushed back um yeah and uh but then he says
0: uh well like uh you've saved almost every single person who's at this dance and sunnydale high's n- class of 1999 has the lowest mortality rate <laughs> in sunnydale high history and he says that yeah and he says that um she's She's one of the reasons why that happened. Mm -hmm. And he then um, says, uh, so the senior class wishes to offer its thanks by giving Buffy um, this award. And it's an umbrella that's been bedazzled and everything. It looks really nice. And then it has a little uh, plate on it that says, Buffy Summers Class Protector Award. Oh, fuck. Yeah, and Buffy yeah speaking of my emotions
1: with a chainsaw uh,
0: buffy is so surprised and then like the crowd parts and she starts going up to get it and everybody's clapping and cheering for her and you mentioned this when we recorded this episode the first time like even xander and willow and giles like everybody looks a little like the scoobies Mm -hmm. look a little surprised so they didn't put this together. Yeah. This was something that all the other students that nobody really ever thought would like notice Buffy. um, They, they all did. And yeah, honestly, when you think about it, like I, I think I like to think that a majority of people try to uh, try to like live their lives by being good to other people that might be naive of me, but I'm, I'd like to think that. And I, think, I know that a lot of the people that I know do that. But oftentimes right. you don't... Yeah. Oftentimes you don't make a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that I try... I try to do good things for people all the time, but I never, like, want to call attention to myself. But there is, like, a little part of me deep down that's like, man, I wish that somebody would notice. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that, like, Buffy, she does way more important stuff for people than I do. And... And she's never gotten a thank you for... Or m- maybe every once in a while gotten a thank you for it. But, I mean, yeah. she tries to keep keep her profile low and not uh, not draw attention to herself because it's dangerous. But to to have this moment where you find out that people realize what you were doing, mm-hmm. even if they don't fully comprehend it, and they're grateful for it. Like, that gratitude...
1: That's probably one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah. No, it's it's lovely. Uh, it's just a beautiful scene. It's so lovely. It's so... You know, it's... Yeah, it is that catharsis that, you know... As you said, like... It, it's... You know, people are finally... You know, expressing this you know gratitude to buffy that she never really gets on mass she gets it yeah as you said like someone might say thank you for saving her um but for her to know that yeah people noticed what she's been doing and they are grateful and i love the umbrella i love uh i love it all i it just it's stunning and what's what's perfect about
0: the moment is that buffy had mentioned earlier that I wanted a perfect high school moment. Mm-hmm. And, and she said that in um, in the Homecoming episode. Yeah. And I think, like, uh, she probably uh, said something like, she imagined it being, like, being crowned Homecoming queen or something like that. That's why she was, like, trying to get it, running for it. Yeah. But the, uh, but yeah, the thing is, is that, that wouldn't have meant as much as this means. Yeah. This is so because much. Because this Yeah. Because this is people thanking her for the thing that she has often viewed as like this is this is the thing that keeps me from being a high school student, from being a normal person. But now like people are thanking her for it. And that's what makes this Buffy's perfect high school moment. Yeah. And it's and it's great it's it's it so beautiful much. it's such a wonderful moment i've i've seen this episode three times in my life and all three times i've seen it i've cried at that moment because it's 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 the best um and uh so the students start enjoying the dance um anya dancing with xander uh to the slow song and she's like you know this isn't bad
1: <laughs> so,
0: and then um Wesley comes up to Giles, and he's like, Mr. Giles, uh, I wouldn't be one to, uh, I wouldn't be one to encourage uh, bad behavior in front of these impressionable youths, but would you think it would be awkward if uh, I asked Miss Chase, and at this point, Giles, Giles is, is like... so
1: fucking fed up.
0: He's done with it. He's <laughs> like, good God, man, she's 18, and you have the emotional maturity of a blueberry scone. And he's like, right. And he <laughs> just goes and, like, dances with her, and, um... And Buffy walks up to uh to Giles, and um, oh, I didn't mention Giles had this such this look of pride on his face when Buffy got the award. Mm-hmm. I think um I think you could say like that pride is in like Willow and Xander's face too, but uh, honestly, it kind of means more with Giles it for does, me.
1: No, well, it does because <laughs> because of what their relationship is. Yeah. yeah, Willow and Xander are her best friends and they're really happy for her. But, you know, it, her relationship with Giles is something different. And because and I would argue that it's pride and pr- when you have pride in someone else, um it's often because uh because you've made an investment in that person. Um so it's I, I'm trying to word this in a way that doesn't sound really selfish on Giles's part because I don't think it is, but I do think you know, this is, uh, Giles has earned the right to be proud of her because, be, because that's a lot of his work, hard work. Um, yeah. Like
0: he's, there. he has been with Buffy through like a lot of the hard parts of her being a slayer yeah. and like he's, he's been at the school, so he knows like what her struggles are there. Yeah. Um, he's so he been
1: by her side. So yeah. her
0: yeah, and and especially this season after everything that they've been through together. Um mm-hmm. I it, it it warms my heart even more. And uh so Buffy uh Buffy goes to Giles and she's like, "Hey, I got this I got a got a toy surprise." <laughs> and Love um and he says like, "Yes, I am very surprised that uh children could that young people could be so gracious in mass." And um Buffy says like, "Hey, sometimes people can surprise you." And, uh, Giles looks up and he, um, he says, yes, they can. And he takes the umbrella from Buffy and she turns around and there's Angel just standing in a thought,
1: tux. Just when you thought the episode couldn't throw anything fucking else at you.
0: Goddamn. And, um, and he goes up to her and he says, like, this is just for tonight. He still got to leave. And she says i i get it and i
1: understand and then they dance Mm -hmm. this arc that buffy has in this episode of uh you know the arc of her grief over this the breakup with angel is really uh really really lovely we get her her you know bawling her eyes out with willow um and working her way through to this moment of acceptance of, yeah this is what has to happen um mm-hmm. and yeah they are dancing to uh the song uh wild horses it's a uh that's a rolling stones song originally but this is a sunday by uh, or this is a cover by the sundays i almost said this is a sunday by the covers um <laughs> this is a cover by the sundays uh and it's just a really gorgeous song i really i really really love it i and i uh, it was a song that I incorporated in the music at my wedding because of this episode. <laughs> Don't Tell My Husband. Such a, Harris- <laughs> such a Harrison thing to do. It is absolutely a Harrison thing to do, and, and I did it. <laughs> That's okay. I'm
0: pretty sure that uh, John doesn't listen to the podcast, so I think you're in the clear. <laughs> he gets
1: he, he gets to listen to it when I'm editing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <That's> like... <laughs> <laughs> well, be careful when you edit it this time. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Wow, okay, the prom. We did it again, <laughs> we did. Uh, but yeah, this um,
0: oh, nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's good that your olfactory senses are working. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what i I am going to give this um, five out of five class protector umbrella trophies because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this this episode, Like I said before, this episode, along with earshot and the finale, um, are a really good cap. And I think this episode especially Mm -hmm. acts as a really good, um, closing to the high school years of Buffy and yeah, yeah. And like it, it takes a lot, believe it or not, it takes a lot for me to cry, um, at like movies or TV shows. Uh, It doesn't happen too often. However, I'm not going to say that it never happens because it totally does. Um, But yeah, if like, if something can get my emotions enough that I like legit cry
1: at something, then I got to give it props. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, this is such a wonderful episode. Um, It uh, weirdly, I find it as a weird parallel to Go Fish. uh, It's season two, that it's kind of our non sequitur, uh, non uh main arc episode that comes right before the finale but it, this one just this one is good good, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it uh and it ties in just really well thematically with uh everything else going on so um yeah and i agree i it's such a good cap on that the high school part of it of course we still have graduation but because we're going into the finale that's really plot heavy um so this is just a really nice uh, place to leave our characters uh, emotionally. I think for the series. Not that there won't be emotions next week, but um, no. so don't yeah. worry, guys. We're um, we're not no. out of the woods just yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, five uh, five cow brains out of five for me. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Who'd let's he, do it who's taking us out oh i'm taking us that out that'd be you <laughs> all right well thank you for joining us on booze and buffy we'll be back next week with somehow impossibly we are here graduation day part one this is it guys i'm jason you can find me on instagram at yami j357 and on twitter at yami j and i'm harrison you can find me on instagram at harrison alexander kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman, that's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. If you want to hear my thoughts on horror movies, please check out my blog, horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com, where I post a weekly review of a horror movie, although this week I uh, took a a brief step away from the horror genre and covered the very lovely little indie uh, musical Once that I love so much. You can find us
0: on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com, and and in both those pages and the email
1: address, the and is spelled out, A-N-D. D. Yes. Uh, Send us your prom stories if you have good ones. If you have fun, uh, did you go to Chuck E. Cheese, perhaps? Let me know. (laughs) (laughs) You can also find us on YouTube, but we will release a short video with each episode, or we will discuss uh spoilers that we cannot talk about on the podcast also don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
0: each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit this week we're highlighting the cancer research institute established in 1953 the cancer research institute or cri is a nonprofit organization dedicated exclusively to harnessing the immune system's power to conquer all cancers. They fund the most innovative research by young scientists, invest in clinical studies of promising new treatments, and serve as a bridge between the lab and the clinic. CRI has invested $357 million to fund more than 3,100 scientists all over the world. Visit www.cancerresearch.org for more information.
1: Mm-hmm. And as always, go slay and be gay. Goodbye. Bye bye.